What's going on? This is the man of the hour, Leo Rush, and you are now listening to Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery Jr., and with me this week are my good friends, uh, Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepagina. Hey, and Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo. Aaron Lloyd, uh, thank you for joining us for our WrestleMania review show. Uh, one thing I feel like we have to get out of the way, like before we do anything else, um, might as well acknowledge we got our first ever one star review this week, which is fine. <laughs> Honestly, I'm surprised it took as long as it did. But why were you not man enough? To put a review with a one-star <laughs> rating and review, why couldn't you put your name to it? That—that's what I'm. I, is it William Goldberg? Because we all know he's afraid of me. He blocked me on Twitter three years ago. Uh, who else could it be? Could it be Brock Lesnar? We all know he's afraid of me. He retreated to Canada. Uh, who else could it be besides one of those two guys? But if you want to give us one star, that's fine. I actually laughed about it, but at least have the courage to show yourself. We're not hard to find. Why are you? Well, like I said, we made it. Yeah. Yeah. Made it. yeah. Uh, and also, I'd love to know what it was that uh, that you were so displeased with. You know, yes. I, I'm just curious. Uh, but you know, anyway. I, I woke up this morning. I was like, maybe it'll pop up now. I, I haven't seen it. So I was like, damn, I, I really wanted to know. Yeah, I just checked it before we started, just in case, because I know it doesn't always come up immediately. So I was like, oh, maybe it'll be on there. I'll have to remember to check, like, before we close out the show, just to see if maybe something pops up. Um, but I guess the first thing I'll say outside of that is, I do have to. I feel like we we owe WWE uh, some applause for giving everyone a show this weekend at a time where, like, there there really is not a whole lot else going on. Uh, I do think it's kind of shitty though because there's no one else in the wrestling industry that was able to put on any shows. They were the only ones that really had the ability to do to do so. So it kind of sucks for all those smaller promotions that usually get something big out of this week and this weekend um and with that being said i have to give uh some kudos to leo rush for spotlighting some indie talent uh with his the you know the platform that he has with wwe he highlighted some guys from outside the company and i think it was a cool thing for him to do um now, I'll say, before we get into ratings and all that, my attention was, one, it's probably surprised everyone that I actually had both nights on my TV live as it was happening. By the way, Pash, my WWE Network queue has been filled up, by the way. <laughs> so, I well, I didn't watch much. I you watched, sure? Yeah, so here, I'll tell you everything that I watched. Um, I woke up on Saturday, and... I think that was the day I was making uh, pizzas. I was. And I was like, you know what? Let... I was just feeling in the mood after we did our show last week. I was like, you know what? This is the most non-anti-WWE I felt in a while. I'm feeling more on the side of, like, I appreciate them trying to put on the show. So let me just put on WWE Network. So I think I originally put it on just thinking they might be showing old WrestleManias leading up to it, and they weren't. 
So I was like, all right, let me watch the whatever those that special is called, like the Untold Stories or whatever. Uh, I yeah. watched the HBK Kurt Angle WrestleMania match one, which was really good. Uh, and then I watched Bianca Belair versus Ashley Flair from NXT, I guess, last month. And I think I watched one other thing. I don't even remember what it was now. You watched a couple of 24s. You watched, I think you watched Edge and Ron Aaron Killings. I did watch the Ron Killings one. I didn't watch the Edge one. You know what, though? It may have just played. Like, okay. after something ended, it may have just continued playing. I, did, I should have probably watched the Edge one because I heard it was great, but I didn't. But I did watch the Ron, the Ron Killings one, which was great. Uh, but I was like, you know what, let me just put it on. So, yes, you guys are probably, everyone was probably shocked that I actually watched live both nights when I said emphatically I would not watch either night. I couldn't wait to not watch either night. But I was like, you know what, I probably should. Uh, and I did. I'll say that my attention was in and out during the course of both nights. Um, but I thought it was mostly entertaining. It was background for a lot of the night, both nights. Um, but I thought they were two, they were like two good, two good shows. And huge credit goes to Gronk because he's perfect for the role that they put him in. Oh, he's like Lord. he's just goofy enough. He's just awkward enough. He's just like enough of a goon, where it's like I didn't expect him to be this great host. I didn't expect him to like. Oh, he was he was terrible, Pash. I thought terrible. he was great. I thought he was perfect. <laughs> Uh, I thought it like he entertained me thoroughly every time I saw him. Him and Mojo cheering up in that little balcony I thought was great doing the yes chance when Daniel Bryan came out. I enjoyed it. Um, and I have to give out enormous praise to the actual wrestlers for what they did. Like I have a new appreciation and I've always been appreciative of them, but like a new appreciation for what they do. The ability to go out and do what they do in front of no one like, because there were times when I was actually, like, a little uncomfortable watching it. Like, oh, this is kind of weird with nobody there. So I have to give them a lot of credit for going out and doing what they do with nobody there watching them. Um, so, yeah, before ratings, any, like, just kind of overall thoughts from either of you? Yeah, one thing about, well, since you're on this whole network watching spring, mm, there's spring. something I wanted to bring <laughs> This is one thing I wanted to bring up before I forget. So there's this thing on the network that I heard about from another podcast, the 20 by 20 podcast about uh, WrestleMania theater. So they're older WrestleMania matches from the 35 previous ones. And it's not just the match. It's shot a different way. So like the high, the quality, the height, the quality is way better. It really, really looks like a movie. There's different camera angles, including from the entrance it's amazing. Like, you don't really have to sit down and watch the match, but I just skimmed through it today before I went to work. And um, the Sasha Bailey, Sa I mean Sasha Charlotte Becky Triple Threat is on there. And I know how you feel about that that match personally, Pash. And um, I think you should just like maybe just watch the entrances just to see the way it's shot. And I think you might get goosebumps all over again because that's how, that's how I felt. I was like, wow, like the way this is shot is really good. So if, if there's something I want to recommend this week is it's in the original section, but I was really again? 2020 Russell, or something like that. Um, no, WrestleMania theater, WrestleMania theater. Okay. Yeah. So if there's anything I'll recommend this week to watch is definitely that you don't even have to watch a whole match. Just like pick a match, watch the entrance and just like skim through it. If you have to, but wow, like this is actually really good. 
This sounds interesting. Prep, you? Uh, as far as, like, the weekend, not just WrestleMania? Yeah, like, just anything that you, you kind of have that you want to you wanna mention or talk about. Uh, the Edge 24 was awesome. I don't know if you got a chance to watch it. I haven't seen it. Someone, uh, sometimes, as much as you hate him now, you could be a lot Ric Flair-like with your tears. <laughs> I, think, I think that this, uh, this will push a little buttons with you in that area, and uh, you'd probably shed a couple. Because it was, it was really emotional. It was nice to watch. And it's crazy to think that, like, you know, I know they're wrestlers and kayfabe and all, but he says in the doc, like, this wasn't supposed to be about my return. They were just, like, trying to chronicle, like, him and his life after wrestling at the start of it. And then, like, SummerSlam happened. So I'll leave it at that. I'll let you guys <laughs> fondly watch it. But for me, it is a must-watch. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll definitely check it. I'm off the week. Twenty four always delivers, always. Well, the stuff they're best at is like the non actual wrestling show stuff. Like that's what they that is what they do best at this point as a company. Uh, and Edge is definitely one of those guys that like I associate with, like the emotion of wrestling. Like one of the most lasting memories i have of him the most lasting images i have of him is the way he was crying when he was inducted into the wwe hall of fame like a guy where you know this meant so much to him and like how tough it was for him to not be able to do it at such a young age having to stop so like anything with him i definitely am very sentimental about because i know how much it means to him so it's definitely something I wish I would have watched before we would have done this because I would have loved to have talked about it. But I guess it gives us something for next week or the week after to talk about whenever we do all get a chance to see it. Um, so, Alo, do you want to start with your uh, rating? Well, first of all, do we have a rating system on the show? Yes, we do. Come on. It's been a while, but come on in, Howie. Has a rating system in place. If it's a horrible show, it gets a jobber. If the show falls somewhere in the middle, it gets a slower knocker. And if it is an amazing show, it gets the rating of ratings. It will get a show stopper. Thank you, Howard. Alright, so alright. This this is this is real hard to rate. Um You know what? You talked about it. Night. I was going to do it as a whole, as a whole weekend. So, Pash hit on it in the beginning about how he respects the workers for actually going out there, even though he already respected them already. But just go out there and know that it's just not an ordinary show. If this is supposed to be the biggest show of the year in WrestleMania, you know, I'm going to give it a showstopper. Um, Right off the top, like even the way that the show started with Stephanie McMahon, her her introduction to WrestleMania to start the show. By the way, I thought the the um the America the Beautiful is that America the Beautiful that Vince yeah, loves so much. Yes. Uh, I, I mm-hmm. thought that even introduction was actually pretty good. <laughs> but like the whole thing with Stephanie, we talked about it last week about Hunter. I mean, he, his ESPN rounds that they're the only thing that's actually going on right now, and 
they still went out there went out their way to do this and the talent did as well without any like real complications or whatever other than Roman Reigns because he just chose not to and then some other things we'll get into in a, a bit later but I really thought the the matches I thought some suffered like we talked about the last week the undercard was lackluster and you kind of feel like some of it was just thrown together but I did think there were some match undercard matches that were actually really good uh I championed the the Kabuki Warriors and, and Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross in October at Hell in a Cell, and I'm gonna do it again because I thought he had a hell of a match to open night one for the women's tag team titles. And we all know the three top matches of the night were the Last Man Standing, the Boneyard match, and the Funhouse match. Now, the blessing for WWE was that this coronavirus stuff did happen because if this was in at at a the stadium this, we wouldn't have got these three matches this way at all so the three t- matches that we ho- hold in high regard wouldn't have been what they what they ended up being at all so i'm gonna give it a showstopper because i did appreciate it and WWE they did pull out all the stops for those three marquee matches i know there's more than just three matches on the card but i respect everything that everybody did out there and we also got to give out um the Oscars to AJ De Niro and uh, <laughs> and uh, Mark Pitt. We'll call him that. <laughs> Prep, how about you? Rating for WrestleMania 36. Yeah, I mean, I got it. I feel wrong if I were to say like a uh, slobber knocker because I haven't watched this much wrestling in forever, and I enjoyed it for what it was. I think what helped it a lot for me was the fact that I haven't, like, been watching, like, every single Raw, every single SmackDown, like, every single... Anything that's on, like, I've kept my wrestling to a minimum uh, just to let it breathe and, um, I don't know, maybe... You know, we always go through that moment where, like, we need a second, and uh, I think this is the perfect time. been spending a lot of time with family. Like, me and Jenna watch, like, a segment here or there, a match here or there, but... I do believe that once WrestleMania was, like, starting, I'm like, okay, I'm ready for wrestling. I kind of, like, binged a bunch of series on the network. <laughs> and, uh, like, I just, like, it's it's something that I talk about with Ek all the time where you just fall in love with wrestling again. And, like, yes, it's hard to watch, but I like you said, I think they worked really hard. Uh, the highs were really high. Uh, and, honestly... There aren't too many lows that you can point out. Like, average, yes, but, like, bad, I don't think you can call it bad. Like, you could say average. But, like I said, like, the highs, the stuff that I thought would deliver exceeded my expectations, and the stuff that I wasn't even excited for, you know, exceeded my expectations. Like, like <laughs> who would have thought that I would, I would be so, like, pumped during a Lashley-Alistair match, which... I'm probably the only one, but I thought that match was really good. You know what I mean? Like, like, and we'll get into that, but I have to say it was a showstopper for me. It was just, it was just so much fun to watch. Yeah. So I've, one thing that I think I've, I've said a lot is like expectations definitely shape our opinions more than almost anything else. Like if you go into a show expecting it to be an amazing show, more often than not, you end up like underwhelmed or a little disappointed. But when you go into the show saying how horrible it's going to be and how terrible it's going to be, 
you usually end up liking it a lot more because it's better than you were expecting. It's kind of like with anything. Like, you're, it, it, it means way more to be pleasantly surprised than, like, when you end up being disappointed because your expectations were high. So I went into this having not watched anything in months. The stuff that I do like about WWE, I stopped caring about. I wasn't even planning on watching it. And then I just got to the day of, and I was like, oh, you know what? It's WrestleMania. There's nothing else really on. I honestly, personally could use a distraction. I guess I'll let this distract me for a little bit. And while I was not, like, on the edge of my seat, glued to my TV for the entirety of night one or night two, when I was watching it, it entertained me. And there was stuff that I saw in there that was really good. There were elements in there that they delivered to us that were, like, the things I love about wrestling. Like, I was entertained. I did get stories. I did get characters. I did get, like, things that I've been even calling for for a couple years that we haven't seen much of. So for that reason, I got to give it a showstopper. They delivered beyond anything I could have expected. I think even the people who are like the most in it, like the the wrestling Twitter mob, like I think even those people had a hard time really complaining about it. Like I didn't see a lot of negativity uh, this weekend. And even the one thing I saw, I forget if it was um, Brian Alvarez or like one of those losers that does <laughs> that Wade Keller, like one of those assholes that was basically shitting on the Firefly Funhouse match, and he put out a poll, and it was like eighty, like 87% positive in his poll, and he was like stunned by it. It's like he's trying to get people to shit on it, and they're like, no, I love this. <laughs> so it's like there was way more positivity around it, like in the atmosphere, in the environment of wrestling than I'm used to, which was nice to see. Alo. Yeah, there were uh, there were two things that I that I saw personally. A lot of people were complaining about the editing, mainly for the whole Kevin Owens spot, which was amazing, which they didn't have to give us, which we were kind of like, we kind of like we really wanted somebody to do that, but it wasn't actually possible because the WrestleMania signs always hanging from the ceiling. Mm -hmm. But they, you know they actually got creative and did that. They were complaining about the editing about that. I'm like, okay, so you must not watch TV, basically. Right. If you actually want to complain. If you actually want to complain about something, complain that it's supposed to be a two-day event and the correspondents all have the same outfit on both nights. Complain about that. Yeah. Second, second, a lot of people were complaining about the whole when Orton hung Edge's neck in the um, was the harness thing. Yeah, in the locker room scene. Mm -hmm. There's like, oh my god, that's so that's kind of shades of the whole Chris Benoit dark side of the ring. It's like, do you really have to? Do you really, really have to like? put that much thought into it they're not thinking about that it's like it's like really and like people posting in these groups saying you think WWE went too far oh my god no they're not thinking of it it's a spot in a fucking gym there's enough <laughs> stuff they do that's worth complaining about that exactly. you don't need to invent stuff to complain about um yeah but i i so i didn't i didn't see any of that um but what i saw yeah, but what I saw, like especially even kind of looking at it throughout the night, I felt like it was way more positive than I'm used to seeing, yeah. um, which was good. It, it was like a nice change, and I think we're kind of all going through this weird time right now, and this is like a really weird situation we're all living through, and I think we're probably all more ready to try to like be happy about stuff than be mad about stuff like there there's enough going on like there's a lot of people right now that are terrified they're not going to be able to pay their bills or their rent 
or don't know if they're going to have a job, you know, whenever this whole whole thing passes by. I think people are like looking for a reason to feel positive, to feel happy, to feel like something good. And I think for the most part, uh, WrestleMania gave us that. So, all right. So across the board, showstoppers. I don't know if that's happened. Well, maybe it happened for uh, WrestleMania, the WrestleMania the three of us attended a few years ago in, in Orlando. But very rare that, that it's a showstopper across the board for anything. Uh, so I'll start off then with uh, The Fiend versus John Cena in the Firefly Funhouse match. Seemed to me, uh, from what little amount of social media I did consume about wrestling, this was like the talk of the weekend. This was like the biggest story that came out of the weekend. Probably the most talked about thing. So, Prep, I know even specifically the other day you said you went back and watched it again and liked it even more the second time you watched it. So, like, give me, like, your feelings on the Firefly Funhouse match. It was such a good experience watching it again. Now, the first time we watched it, it was cool. Like, but here's the thing. Like, it didn't have my full attention because I was so focused on every time something dope happened we were in a group text, like, <laughs> like, just, oh my god, like, what the hell is this? This is incredible. But like the second time, I got to focus. Like, I wasn't home. Like, the baby wasn't here. Jen wasn't here. I was at work, like, just sitting in the break room by myself, headphones on, focused on this match or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I think one. We already know it goes without saying that WWE's production is second to none. Two, the amount of detail. Like, when you go back to, let's just talk about, like, the scene where they do, like, the first match. Uh, they replay, like, that first WrestleMania match, and Cena has, like, the shirt from that match. Like, yeah. from that era, Cena. Uh -huh. Like, that struck home with me because I'm like, I love that little detail. And, like, it's very clear that, like, even with you and, like, I listened to another, you know, um, are we still just calling them, like, shows? Like, like some talk show about wrestling. Yeah, why not? Since we're the <laughs> wrestling podcast. Um, and then the guy was, like, so in-depth, like, just, like, but what could this mean? Like, I loved that it gave people that, like, feeling. And for me... It was just like, it shows like, yeah, you could say what you want about Bray Wyatt. I do believe what John Cena says that, that Bray Wyatt thinks way too high of himself, but the dude is effing creative. Like, he is a fantastic mind. And just that coupled with John Cena, when he, like, there's something about John Cena, like, I guess I can attribute, like, every time I fall out of wrestling for a little bit is the lack of John Cena on my screen. <laughs> and every time he comes back, I'm just so pumped about it. And just just him being back and working with this, this era, Bray Wyatt, and what they put together in that match was, like, beyond my expectations. Like, we knew it'd be, like, this weird movie thing, but nobody could have pictured that it'd be that. And for that reason, that was my match of the weekend. And it was, I love it. I, I want to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I, I think one of the things we talked about last week like, in previewing it was, like, do we have any idea what this is? Like, nobody knows what to expect out of this. 
And I think that was, like, a benefit. That, like, you didn't go in with an idea of, like, I want it... Like, the Hell in a Cell match with Seth. Part of why that was so destroyed by the fans is because everyone had in mind what do they want to happen. How do they... Like, whatever it is your your theory was, or even if it was just a straight-up match that you cared about, you wanted to see a certain thing and you did not get that. This, we had no idea what to expect, so unless it was just a really shitty done, shittily done thing, there was no way for it to like not meet your expectations because you couldn't have had any. Um, so it was probably better that we did not know what to expect from this. And it did turn out to be fantastic. Uh, but Alo, like, what did, where were you, where's your head at with the Firefly Funhouse match? Yeah, like you said, when we were pre- when we previewed the shoot last week, we were kind of brainstorming what it was going to be about, and we were like, "Do you have to win in the ring, or is it? Are you really? Are they going to be fighting inside the funhouse?" But after watching the initial start of the match, we also I quickly remembered that the funhouse was more than just actually the funhouse; it's actually more of a magical magical thing to it, or whatever. And I just love the idea of kind of the whole what if factor especially with the whole john cena thing like what if john cena did turn heel or whatever and kind of the whole righting your wrongs for example like when bray when they went to the wrestlemania 30 flashback when bray was like hit me with the chair john and then john actually swung the chair and that led to a quote-unquote heel turn (laughs) and how and he would have quote-unquote been the leader of the nwo and stuff so i thought i'd love like the whole what if factor of it um like the reenactments of, of Bray uh, with the whole Ruthless Aggression documentary being a big thing with WWE Network right now. I recommend you watching that too, Pash. And Bray kind of quoting Vince McMahon during the promo of Ruthless Aggression, like, do you have Ruthless Aggression? Like, I enjoyed that whole entire thing because it went through Cena's entire career. It went through Bray's career as well. And it kind of righted the wrongs that we a lot of people had with John Cena and during that six years ago when he actually beat Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania, even though Bray would get his win back the next month, it kind of ruined him. And then during the build of the show, they talked about how when Cena did beat Bray, that Bray Wyatt basically blamed a lot on him. And they they rectified that in this match. And I, I did enjoy that match. Now, the thing with WWE is, it's like, they loved it. Like, we got to do it again, you know? When this has to be like that, that specialty-type match, can't do it, everybody. Personally, the person I think they should do it do it with next is Randy Orton, if they ever get to that point, because that's a wrong that they did by Bray Wyatt. I think that could be really good as well. I mean, it's referenced ma- in the funhouse itself with the painting of the, <laughs> the burning, like, Sister Abigail's house being burned yeah. on fire. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. That's one wrong they need to rectify when it, with the Bray Wyatt character as well. So... Like on Saturday night, the big talk was the Boneyard match, and this completely overshadowed that, in my opinion. Yeah, so I obviously obviously loved this. I thought it, they went about it in a really kind of like smart, in depth way, like beyond what I would have expected. Um, so the thing with the Funhouse, one of the things I said last week, I don't want it to start quote unquote in the Funhouse. I want them to like not start there i wanted to end up there and we see john cena walk out at the performance center and then the next thing you know he's in the fun house doesn't even know how he got there uh so i thought that was cool that they did that uh but like one of the things i think what what you were alluding to earlier alo when you said 
one of the things you didn't realize or you weren't thinking about with the funhouse is that it's more than just the funhouse. So yeah, like the funhouse itself, like that little room we see him in, is almost like the front for what the Firefly Funhouse is. Almost like, and Prep, you might be able to like word this a little better than me, but like one of the things they talk, they say about like, like Satan or the devil or Lucifer, however you look at them, like it's it's like a charming entity. It has like a quality that will like attract you to it. It's not just this like monster that's scary and makes you run away. It's this thing that like the whole point of Satan is to draw you in, to bring you to his side. Uh, and yeah. to me, that's like what the funhouse is, this like face for it that's appealing and sweet and friendly and silly that may, that draws you to it. But then there's something else that's really behind that. And that's where John Cena got taken to like everything that's behind the funhouse. And what's interesting about that is Cena has been packaged all this time as like the kid-friendly, like safe for the PG audience, like the hero to these children. So to see someone like John Cena in the funhouse, it almost looks like he belongs in that place where people are silly and funny and trying to teach lessons. But then when he gets outside that door, it's a whole different thing. And Bray said, you know, you're going to have to face yourself, like your greatest fear of yourself, whatever, however he worded it. And then we base it. One of the things I think is interesting, and I wish I would have gone back to watch it myself but what's one of the big things people say about John Cena for all these years? The the five moves of doom or whatever the hell they talk about. The, if you remember, the first thing he does when he gets into the ring dressed as the prototype is he keeps yelling ruthless aggression at Bray and trying to punch him and missing. And I think he says ruthless aggression five times, which I don't know if that was a conscious decision, like almost like a nod to this is what you people say about me. This is one of the big criticisms of me. I only do five things, and he throws five punches and says ruthless aggression five times. He might not say it five, but I'm just thinking of this now. Um, but I loved how it really went into... Anyone who's listened to my other podcast that I used to do, Ronnie vs. the World, talked a lot about like insecurities and like the way you view yourself and how the hardest thing you have to face is yourself a lot of times. And we had to basically watch John Cena do that. Like, all these different trials throughout his wwe career bray wyatt made him relive them and i just thought it was really interesting i think there's so many different ways different people could probably view what this was the way i looked at it was he's like afraid that he is what people say he is that he's not really that good that he's just almost like a, a cheap imitation of hulk hogan and even hogan for whatever you want to say about him had that thing where he became like NWO Hollywood Hogan that like reinvigorated his career and Cena never had that. And like almost like he was afraid to do that. Um, and then he disappears at the end. Like we now we literally can't see him, uh, which I thought was an interesting way for it to end. And now I don't, I can't really give much more analysis on it because my mind will get lost going in 30 different directions. So I'll say that I loved it. I thought it was super creative I thought both guys performed wonderfully. I thought the puppets were used amazingly. Uh, and I feel like the only conclusion that we have to get immediately from this is there has to be a John Cena puppet in the funhouse the next time we see it. <laughs> I feel like that has to happen. And I don't 
are they are they officially like done doing Raw and SmackDown now? Are they continuing to film it? Like, do we know even? Go to press. Uh, the only thing they don't have is this uh, SmackDown coming up. It's taped. So I don't. Is it? Yeah. Because I, I thought that the only thing that they didn't have was the SmackDown. They taped Raw. They uh, NXT was taken care of, and and SmackDown wasn't. It last week before we recorded, I saw that the Raw actors of Raw and um, the WrestleMania post shows Raw and SmackDown were taped. And for Raw, if they can't tape for Raw, to Raw next week, they're just going to spread it out. Okay, so so some stuff that's supposed to happen after WrestleMania, they already have in place. I feel like that's the, the most logical thing we have to see is him either as a puppet in the Funhouse or he has to be like stuck there or something. But it can't just be that this happened and now that's the end of it. Uh, but I thought it was great. I thought it was excellent. I loved it. I also am anxious to watch it again, and it's one of the very few things that I'm like, okay, I'm interested to see where they go from from here with that. Like, what do they do with him? Um, so I'm glad everybody's kind of in agreement on that. The Boneyard match, Alo mentioned it, uh, between AJ Styles, uh, maybe now only known as AJ De Niro as he reprised his <laughs> role uh, from the Samoa Joe feud, being an, a, a real live actor. Uh, against the Undertaker, very cinematic. The whole thing was shot as if it was a movie, very similar to the uh, the uh, Broken Hardy match. What did they even call that match? The final deletion well, is that what it was called? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, very similar to that. Um, but I thought it was great. I really hope that these two matches they did one like that they put in clearly as much time and energy into making them as good as they were and i hope that the positive reaction that they've gotten over this weekend i hope this is going to be the start of them kind of pushing wrestling into whatever its next direction is because i feel like it's kind of been stuck being the same thing for a really long time and billy corgan who said uh, i don't know this is three or four years ago (laughs) you know what you know what's funny i was gonna bring that up okay (laughs) Yeah, one of the things he said was we either have to go in the direction of more reality where you get like the kind of behind the scenes stuff of wrestling becoming part of wrestling or you go further away from reality and make it more of like a movie or like more fiction. And I I think maybe like you see that there are people that are willing to accept it being more fiction. Um, so I'm hopeful that maybe that will be the thing that like is the next real evolution in wrestling. Uh, Alo, your one, any of your thoughts on the Billy Corgan thing, if I didn't just say exactly what you were thinking? And two, yeah, your thoughts yeah. on this as a whole. Yeah, because that, that, uh, that interview was with, with uh, Vince Russo, because Vince Russo was against it, and Billy Corgan was saying, no, we have to change wrestling because if in the, you have to entertain these people in a different way. You have to bring in all that myth myth that myth uh myth, mystical stuff you have to bring that stuff in to account so i i i agree and going back to that whole wrestlemania theater thing i told you about the top of the show that is kind of sh- the boneyard match was kind of shot like like how those matches are shot from those different types of quirky camera angles and stuff and my god how great was aj popping out the casket awesome i mean <laughs> so- it was really ma- masterful performance so good and i did appreciate 
The Undertaker calling him Allen after he was beating him up. <laughs> I, I did appreciate. I did appreciate that. And then, like after he chokes him off the top, off the roof, he was saying, "Say, I'm old, huh? Like, what about Michelle, huh?" I, I did. I did appreciate all that stuff. But like I said, the way it was shot, actual at an actual graveyard site. I love the fact that, that they had druids involved in this, and of course, the OC was 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 involved mm-hmm. as well. So like they got everything that needed to be in this match. If the, the OC didn't show up, it wouldn't have made any sense because they've been a part of this the whole time as well. So I did. I did appreciate that, and the whole uh, and they kind of mixed in Mark Calloway with. The Phenom Undertaker, for example, Undertaker's in the graveyard. AJ is about to throw the dirt on top of him, and then you get the, um, the heavenly light pop up behind him. Undertaker standing right behind him. So I do love the fact that they incorporated both elements of the American Badass Undertaker and the original Undertaker in this. And there's not, there's, I think the match is really good. I can't say enough about it, but I do think it, it was completely overshadowed by the Funhouse match. It was, but it, and that's maybe one of the benefits about them having two nights is that was the talk for like 24 hours, you know, from the time it aired up until like night two started. That was the thing people were talking about. So prep, how did you feel about the Boneyard match? I thought it was good. Uh, it did take like it's a shame because I was so like pumped. No, even with all the whole circumstances, I was so pumped because our superstar of the year from a few years back had won the title. (laughs) And then, like, I started the Boneyard match and then I fell asleep. So the next day I had to, like, finish it. And I was like, it was already after everybody was, like, raving about it. And I'm like, well, it's good. Like, it was, like, a really short film. And I like that. You got that. struck by the expectation game. <laughs> exactly. And and usually I'm not one to, like, get crushed by spoilers. Like, it's not – like, I guess this is the one time that spoilers kind of messed it up for me. Yeah. Uh, and one of the – like, the small detail, I think, that, like, maybe sold this for me above all else. Because if it was bad acting, like, I feel like you really pull the rug out from this whole thing. And there was a moment when they were up on top of the roof, right before he chokeslammed him off the the roof, and AJ's going like, "Please, please don't, please don't." And it's like I like believed that shit, like that he was really afraid of getting chokeslammed off the roof. And then when they're outside of the uh, the grave, and he's just saying to take her like, "Please, please don't bury me." Please don't bury me, which should sound ridiculous. The idea that <laughs> that you're about to actually get buried alive. Like, it's ludicrous. But it was delivered in a way where, like, I believed it. So both guys, and you, you guys know I'm not the biggest Undertaker fan, but I thought, like, both guys played their roles in this. I thought it was shot really great. I thought it was edited really great. And it felt like it. it felt like it mattered. It felt like there were consequences to it. And then you got that cool moment of like the Undertaker riding off on the motorcycle with like his logo in the background. It, it, it was cool. I thought it was it was really well done. And for anyone complaining about like things being edited and filmed and whatever, when you're given a certain set of circumstances, <laughs> you should be doing the best you can with with what you have. Like the hand that you're dealt, 
You should make the most of it. And I feel like WWE did that. They had no crowd. They had to do their best to give us something that was not reliant on the crowd. And and these two matches were like perfect is perfect examples of them taking away the lack of a crowd like from our attention. So I thought both of these matches were great. And it gives me some hope for the future for, for WWE. Alo. Yeah, well, another thing about the way WWE's been shooting things over the past weekend, currently Ciampa and Gargano are having their match. And it's it's in an empty arena. The stands are blacked out, and it's shot somewhat similar to how the um, Funhouse match was, like with the black, um, just the ring. Right. It's, it's being shot like that and the way I talked about the WWE theater stuff. So where the ring is literally, it's just about the ring and not anything else. Well, there's outside. There's tables on the outside and stuff. There, there, you can see the arena, but it's being shot in a creative way. So it's not just focused on the ring. Right, and I did see that promo with the two of them and uh, Triple H saying, we don't need a crowd, we just need the two of us and a ring. And he's like, that's what you want, that's what I'll give you. That If that's what you want in this business... That's what I'll give you. I did see that. Um, but anyway, uh, so talking about the lack of a crowd, there was a match that I said I thought needed a crowd, that I thought would not be a match of the weekend contender because there was no crowd, and that was Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. And I, I will admit I was wrong because they didn't have a crowd, and I, while having a crowd probably would have heightened this, they didn't need it. I thought... It was a really good match. I thought it was a lot of fun. And I thought without the crowd hearing those two guys talk to each other, (laughs) I thought like actually boosted it up a little bit, which I didn't really, I should have thought about that beforehand, how good Kevin Owens is at talking. And Seth, I think we even got one of my favorite things that Seth says during a match, (laughs) which is, can we, let's talk about this. (laughs) This is a wrestling match. You're not really going to be able to talk your way out of it in the middle of this. It's so funny to me. He did it with Sting. He did it in a couple other matches. But uh, I thought it was, I thought it was great. I thought both guys were awesome. We had like the original DQ finish and then we got the restart of the match. So prep, you met Kevin Owens uh, a few years ago at WrestleMania. Um, How did you feel about their match at Mania this year? I thought it was good. Um, I like Seth's entrance was the best, and even <laughs> better was the meme that you sent us. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really sad that, that I so can't here because I'm so really, good. I really, really hope, and I never, and probably after this, will never ask again for another Seth Rollins figure. But this one, if they make it, must have. Oh, yeah. oh my god, it's so good! Like <laughs> that's gonna be me when I get a haircut. <laughs> that's how I'm gonna feel. Everything about it, that so, that picture with it's that so good. with that tweet was so perfect. Me after I shower and put on real clothes for the first time in eleven <laughs> days, whatever it was, and it's Seth with like the hair back and that like grin on his face with his arms out. It just was so perfect. It was the, it, the best so- tweet of the weekend. Yeah, it's so good. Like even when they when they would have a crowd, the way he would like enter their arena, like he would like shake fans' hands like he's a pastor yeah. or something. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, he's like coming out to see his adoring public. <laughs> so good. 
uh, and what did you think of the spot off of the WrestleMania sign? I loved it because we've been clamoring for that, but it was basically impossible because of where it was positioned. But like I, like, like I said, they went all out, basically. Editing or whatever, who cares? But they went all out. And I love the fact that those are disqualification in the middle of the um, initially because that that let, that basically followed up with the story of Rollins basically trying to take away Kevin Owens' WrestleMania moment that he hasn't really gotten yet. And yeah, if there's any WrestleMania moment, it is jumping off of the WrestleMania sign. Like yes. it is a clear WrestleMania moment. Yeah, I, I love this match. Have to... Uh, Give it to Eck. He was the one who I think was the highest on this match out of the three of us last week. And it definitely delivered more than I expected. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. And I thought, again, both guys like did a hell of a job. This is the match that I think me and Alo thought would be in the running for match of the week. The Intercontinental Championship match between Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn. While it was not the classic match that we would have anticipated or maybe hoped for Sami Zayn to me proved himself as arguably the best performer <laughs> in the wrestling business. Uh, I thought his, so I have not really been watching, so I haven't really been seeing what he's doing. Something about the combination of his hair, the baggy cargo pants, him like running away. And and the like, hat. Yeah. Yeah. The hat, like thinking he's like being funny. I don't. I loved every second of this entire thing. I could not have been any more pleased with it. Uh, Alo, what did you think of Zayn and Daniel Bryan? It, it, it was a letdown because I thought we would have got more out of it. Because this is actually Sami Zayn's first singles match, and maybe since he's been back, I believe. I'm almost positive about that. But that man is amazing. I, I, I can't speak enough about him. He is so he is so great, and I. I I wanted him to like. I was so happy when I title. I wanted him to win, and he did. But I was just like, oh my god! Like even the way he kind of snuck in the Huluva kick the win, I thought it was great. Yeah, everything about this, even like with Cesaro and Nakamura on the outside. <laughs> oh my god, so good! Even just the fact that they call themselves the Artist Collective, <laughs> I think, is a great name for the three of them. Great name. <laughs> Same. Like the three- they're the three best wrestlers they have, probably, <laughs> arguably. Perfect I'm, name. I'm just going to say it. I said it in the group text. I have to say it here. Sammy looks like redhead Raul <laughs> through the pandemic right now. <laughs> the difference is Raul has an excuse. He's in Africa. Sammy has no excuse. He's in yeah. Orlando, Florida. Yeah, he no, he does not have any excuse. But love the hair. The hair is part of what sold it for me. Think it's awesome. Uh, loved every second of it. Um, might as well get into Edge and Randy Orton last man standing match. Other than the fact that I felt like this was way way too long, like it, I thought it was really good. And you know that I do not go out of my way to say anything Randy Orton does is good. But other than it just being too long, I thought this was a really good match. I thought they told a great story. Again, I thought there was it almost benefited from you being able to hear like them talking to each other to hear like the way they reacted to stuff and the way they sold stuff. And I thought the the finish of it was fantastic. Um it was actually like a moving ending to this match. So, prep Edge and Randy Orton um 
How was how did this one kind of play out for you? It was cool to see Edge again. Uh, I like the fact that they just like this match benefited from there not being a crowd because they were just going to run around the whole arena anyway. Or you know we don't know if that's the case where they were going to have a last man standing match the whole time but I think the stipulation kind of helped it where you don't have to worry about reaction or anything and to go around the whole PC was kind of cool like uh, like the weight like state of the art weight room and stuff that they have like and the conference room with the huge table like that was awesome um, it was long but that didn't bother me I think the uh like it being Edge's first match back was like I I could overlook however long it was I just dealt with it and watched it and enjoyed it. And Alo, how about you? Yeah, I'm glad it wasn't. I'm glad that they were not in the ring at all, except for the initial start of the match. I did appreciate that a lot because I, at the top of the show I also said this is one of the matches we probably wouldn't have gotten in shape and shape or form if WrestleMania wasn't canceled in Tampa. And like Prep said, the whole weight room thing, the state-of-the-art weight room, uh, the conference room where we see people get fired at on the WWE Network, I thought it was great. Edge uh, hanging from the ceiling of the mm-hmm. of the conference room yeah. was fun. I, uh, when they going through the, going through the performance center, I felt bad because when they were running to the wall, I was like, okay, I need that poster because I can't <laughs> find it on eBay. I need that one too. So I felt like, God damn, like they can't just send it to me or something. But I did, I did enjoy the match. I do think it was entirely too long. Um, the whole thing ended up on the top of the, of the, the company truck. I thought was fun. And even when Edge did end up doing the concerto, and like you kind of like, you could see in his eyes like everything was like flashing before him that Randy Orton did to him in the lead up to this match. And I thought that ended up. I thought that ended told a great story, and that possibly the ending to this whole thing because everything led everything Randy did led up to that one moment. Yeah, like he was in tears at the end of it. Like, yeah, almost like he did everything he had to do to win this thing, but like there was part of him that wasn't happy about what he had to do. Um, but at the same time, he knew that Randy deserved everything he got. So I, I did. I thought it was really good far exceeded my expectations i thought it was great um so i told you guys my interest level and like my attention was in and out through a lot of it so we just talked about everything that i was like fully 100 percent like invested in when it was on now we'll get to some of the stuff that maybe i had a tough time fully paying attention to Shayna and becky lynch that i had for what i don't know why i just had a tough time getting into this i thought it was pretty good but like how did this deliver for you guys compared to like what you expected? Well, I'm I'm, the, I'm in the same boat with you, and I didn't expect much because I told you I wasn't a really a big fan of where this was going anyway. And my not I'm not gonna I'm not really gonna complain about it. But the only knock I'll have is how many times we talked about this too. Shayna Baszler is basically the female Samoa Joe, and how many times have you seen Samoa Joe lose matches in that exact that same exact fashion? Mm-hmm. Shayna Baszler lost matches like that too in NXT, I believe only one time. But I, I just had a hard time getting into it because I don't think the story was there at all. I thought this de- I thought this one need, need, needed the crowd as well, and I, it just didn't it just didn't do anything for me at all. 
Yeah, the uh, there's something about Shayna's offense that kind of needs reaction because it's it's very reactionary. Like, oh, I'm gonna twist your arm in this way and it's gonna look rough. And uh, yeah, it just didn't do it for me. Uh, I like after the fact. I like that they kept the belt on Becky because I think that this feud will benefit from having a crowd once we are able to have a crowd again. Um, but it's really unfortunate, you know. I think they did work hard, but it just it just wasn't enough. Like you could work hard, but this was the one this was the one match like that I was like, eh, it should have been bigger. And it's a shame because they probably spent so much money on that semi truck for Becky. <laughs> yeah, I and, know. Like they had more use of it the other day on Raw than they had on WrestleMania, like they couldn't figure something out. Like they couldn't like film a video, like a pre-tape, doing something crazy with mm-hmm. the truck. Yeah. The the funny thing about the truck though is when she pulled it up, I was like, oh yeah, I drove my old Toyota Camry right by there <laughs> when I went there in 2015. Uh, yeah, it just did not hook me. Didn't grip me. I thought maybe it was just me, but it sounds like that's kind of across the board. Uh, the triple threat ladder match for the tag team championships. Well, I thought it was good, uh, but it was, again, like during that period when I was kind of in and out. Uh, obviously, they got three really good guys to be in this match. Uh, maybe my favorite dialogue of the weekend was when Jimmy Uso slammed Kofi's face into the ladder <laughs> and said something like, yeah, flattened your face like a pancake, Kofi. <laughs> I was, like, screaming. It, I laughed so hard at that. Um, and I think even Naomi tweeted about it, like tweeted that quote, like later on in the evening killed me. But this is another thing. This is one of the other few complaints I saw was people talking about some of the spots, them having like crash pads or whatever. And it was edited and it's like, well, look, how often are you, are you filming this stuff or performing this stuff with no one watching? So you maybe could get away with stuff that's safer for the talent that can make stuff still look just as good. Why not? use that opportunity if you have it and for people who want to complain about like the realism or whatever what are the most popular things in culture right now marvel movies star wars movies like that's the shit that the masses are going to see that's all clearly 100 percent fiction it's not real it's a lot it's all computer generated like why do you have such a problem with like just video editing at this point like that's what i don't get like, you'll go watch uh, Avengers Endgame and be totally cool with that. But in wrestling, you can't handle them just, like, editing some fucking video? Yeah. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, what are we even doing here if that's what your complaints are? But this match I thought was a lot of fun. Three great guys to be involved in it. Um did this live up to what you guys expected? Are, are we at the point with the ladder match where it's almost just impossible to have a great ladder match because we've seen kind of the best we'll ever see already anyway? Yeah, we are. and But I did appreciate having a ladder match with no crowds so who could actually hear everything. And same thing would happen on NXT tonight with the women. Uh, you, you could hear, and, and they're women, so they're, they're not as big as the men, so you could hear their pain way more than you hear the men's so i i did enjoy the match i thought it was a lot of a lot of great spots in this match but i just thought they lacked they needed the crowd but 
one, th- but one thing also is, if this happened in live in the live uh, with the live audience, we would even have gotten this triple threat match. Because the only reason we got this triple threat match is because the Miz showed up sick to SmackDown mm-hmm. during one of the tapings. So that's why it's ended up being a triple threat match. So this is one match you kind of have to think: will we actually have gotten this in this shape or form? Uh, Prep, what did you think about the finish of this match with Morrison falling, holding the two belts? Uh, I didn't. I. I hated it. <laughs> it was I would. I would have much rather. And and you know. This is the one time I won't complain about the Velcro because it worked perfect for this. But I would have much rather had, like, Kofi grab a belt and Uso grab a belt. And then, like, either they have to, like, tag or, like, they held the titles in abeyance or whatever the (laughs) title they use is. (laughs) So that's where I thought it was going. Like, when when the two of them were up there, I was like, they're each going to end up with a belt. And then it's going to be about, like, what do we do now? So I, I at least appreciated the fact that I was surprised at the way it ended. Um, How about the poor ceiling fan? Uh, dude, so I, every time I saw it, I wanted to text you guys about it, like, just how much I popped every time I saw that ceiling <laughs> fan. Just spinning so slow up there. And you saw it a ton in that match. Uh, I thought the match was fun. I actually liked the end, like I said, because I thought we were getting one ending and we got a different one. And now I think it's cool that, like, Miz and Morrison are now tag team champions. You know, they're like a blast from the past, and now we see what they get to do as tag team champions whenever, you know, they get the chance to do it. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a fun ending. I thought it was different, but I get I get why you didn't like it, and I know it was not, like, universally a uh, a liked ending but i thought the match was really good uh women's tag match uh alexa bliss and nikki cross regain the titles over the kabuki warriors Uh, i thought this was really good i think i even texted you guys right from the beginning like not having a crowd is really good for alexa bliss and then five minutes later i was like oh this is really good for asuka too because a lot of their verbalization was like really apparent like alexa bliss's whole attitude and demeanor was like just right there on TV for you. Not, not that you could just see her talking to somebody, but you could hear exactly what she was saying. Um, Asuka obviously like vocal in like speaking Japanese and like yelling and screaming at her opponent. You got to hear that clearly. I thought that was good. And the Kabuki Warriors are actually ended up being a really good tag team. Like I actually yeah. enjoyed watching them together as a tag team. Yeah, they are a good tag team. Uh, did this live up to your expectations? Well, I didn't come into any. I didn't have any expectations coming to the match. But I remember when they had the match in October at Hell in a Cell. I was big on that match, and same, same. I had the same feelings towards this match as well because the Kabuki Warriors they haven't defended those titles in months, and the story was Alexa, Nikki Cross, basically calling them out for the last few weeks about it. How you guys are supposed to be all three bands, but you guys just hide on Raw. And I, I thought the story actually told that too because there were a lot of false finishes in this match where there was spots where Kyrie would hit the insane elbow off the top rope to break up a three count, and Alexa hit Twisted Bliss off the top rope to end up a three, break up a three count, and they would, and Alexa, and Nikki would end up ultimately winning. I thought they did a great job of telling the story of like. Alexa and Nikki Cross actually wanted it and actually making these titles mean something that really mean nothing 
as of now. Yeah, like when they held up the titles afterwards, it was like, oh, this is like like a cool moment. Uh, Prep, I think it was during this match, you said in the group text, <coughs> like, this is hard to watch because of the lack of a crowd. So did, did you feel that way all throughout the weekend or was it just like, was this almost like an adjustment for you during this match? Like, how did that kind of play out for you over the course of the two nights? This was just like that first one. Like, I'm like, wow, this is tough. Like, <laughs> but like I said, like, I think gradually, like, I was like, oh, this is like, I started to enjoy it more and more. And then, you know, the the match was decent. And Asuka, like the best thing that ever happened to her was no crowd. Because like her... Her talking now and the way she talks during a match and all that, it just makes it so much better. Right, like it's actually a real part of it now. Yep. Whereas before, it's like just a thing that's kind of happening that you maybe don't even notice, and now it's like actually a part of it, and I think it like elevates her in a way. Um, let's see. The women's five-way match for the SmackDown Women's Championship I think I said right off the bat, like we saw the two of them get interviewed early in the show, Bailey and Sasha, and Bailey walked away from the interview. Sasha was asked a question. I don't even remember what the question was, but I think maybe it was like, you know, what what will it take to win this championship or what will you do to win the championship? And ba- Sasha just kind of grinned and said, uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. And to me, it's like, okay, she should do something really fucked up to win the championship. And it just ended up being the same thing of, like, we come out of this, like, okay, like, are Sasha and Bailey going to fight each other for the championship? <laughs> it's like, we've been doing this for how many years now? Nobody cares anymore. Uh, you've strung this out way too long, and it's just not interesting. I don't see any reason why Bailey needed to retain I honestly would have rather seen Tamina just win it than Bailey retain. I thought the match was like was like good enough, but I don't know. I just felt like it should have been for a WrestleMania match with this many people in it. If you're gonna tell the Sasha and Bailey story, fucking tell it instead of pretending you're gonna tell it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just bent out of shape because I didn't get the result that I wanted. Like I <laughs> thought that was what was needed. And we didn't get it. I don't know. Do you guys disagree with me? Is this better than I thought it was? Do, do either of you care about Sasha versus Bailey at this point? <clears throat> uh, heel Bailey, yes, because she can actually speak all the time that Sasha treated her like shit. If that, if that's the case, if Sasha ended up turning face, uh, I'm curious to see. I'm curious what those other tape finish was for this match because reportedly we're taping numerous finishes for the matches. And there was a leaked photo, WrestleMania week, of Sasha holding the women's title backstage, and it was in the same gear. So, mm. but she did I'm not sure where it came from. It wasn't on her personal page, but it was going around. It was the same gear that she had on. So I'm, I'm actually curious to see what the actual alternate finishes were. I talked about the wiki spoilers from last week. The wiki spoilers had Lacey Evans as the winner of the match. And I did enjoy, like, when it was Sasha and Bailey and Lacey left, they were like, "Come on, mom! Come on, mom!" I appreciate that. But I really did love that. But other than that, it was just a match. I love how I thought Tamina was a threat, 
<laughs> and then these matches, they all had to gang up on her. Yeah. But there wasn't much here, except for the... Um, oh, the one thing they also teased was with the whole Bailey sasha Are they going to fight again? Bailey kind of threw Sasha into that women's right. And that actually ended up eliminate that caught but basically eliminated Sasha. And the way Sasha looked at the belt and held it and gave it to Bailey, let Bailey have her moment, that's something to look forward to. Yeah, prep. Uh this was good. I liked uh what they did to like eliminate Tamina because she's the biggest threat in yeah. there. <laughs> uh, and again, like the champion retaining, like it's something that none of us really like thought when we when you guys made your predictions, but I liked it and I guess we could keep looking forward to Sasha and Bailey finally clashing. One day, maybe in twenty thirty. What if all this leads to them like main inventing? Like maybe that'll happen. So yeah, if that's Possibly. the case, if that's the case, then I would very willingly admit, okay, I was wrong. Like you really told a long-term story here that led to a pretty epic conclusion. But at the moment, it does not feel like that's where it does not feel at all like that's where it's going. Um so I have like two more specific matches that I had notes for and if there's anything else either of you feel like you wanted to talk about obviously feel free after we get through it uh rhea ripley loses her nxt women's championship to ashley flair uh the most overrated uh person on the active roster um i have no real objective way of giving my thoughts on this because the fact that i feel the wrong person won this who didn't need to win this one like i i hate it so I would like to hear from the two of you, like, what did you think of this match and what do you think of there being a new NXT women's champion? Go ahead, Preston. Uh, are you surprised? No, I, that I said, like, obviously if she's in a match, she's going to win. Yeah. It, it doesn't it make me hate those... it any less though. Yeah. But like, I didn't like the outcome, but I did enjoy the match. I thought they worked really hard. I think it was, it was smart to have them open the second night. Uh, Rhea, is fantastic i think she looked awesome changing her gear up because we're so used to her in like either denim or black and i think the whole like vegeta outfit worked for her um and she worked really hard i think i think that she she looked way better than charlotte and in her looking that good it doesn't crush her you know what i mean does that make sense it does yeah like it, I don't think that the loss of Charlotte really does anything to her. And this can draw out. Like they can have like a Shinsuke Nakamura Samoa Joe feud in NXT. You know what I mean? Where it just lasts. You know they can go the whole year. <clears throat> and like you might not want to see Charlotte versus whoever, but I want to see Charlotte <laughs> versus Io Shirai. I want to see Charlotte versus Tegan Knox, Dakota. Like all of them. You're getting that. <laughs> yeah, I cannot wait. Yeah, so the rumor going around, if if you guys haven't seen yet, but the rumor that's going around is Rhea Ripley's work visa expired. Mm. So that's why she had to drop the title to Charlotte. That's what the rumors are saying. But I did enjoy this match, but this match needed a crowd in the WrestleMania stage because I thought this had so much of a big fight feel 
just imagine if this match had the million dollar entrances like I think that this I think that this match needed that cuz I think this match was very enjoyable and it was a big match feel but it just needed the crowd and the whole WrestleMania aura around it. Yeah, and I thought Rhea Ripley was great. I think it did come across that way as like a big fight. It felt like a a physical like knockdown drag out affair. And yeah, I definitely don't think Rhea Ripley got overshadowed despite the fact that she lost. There are plenty of people in the history of wrestling who shine despite whatever the result is. And I did think that she shined in this match. Uh, I just am annoyed at the fact that that Ashley Flair is basically what everyone complained about Roman Reigns being for years. Uh, She actually really is that. Um, And I'm just tired of her. I don't think she's that good. My favorite thing was Prep sending the Charlotte Shrine in the group text. <laughs> My basement? Just yeah. off camera right now. <laughs> um, and the last note I had, well, actually, I had a, a note on a match, and then I had one smaller note. But uh, So the last match I wanted to specifically touch on was Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. Uh, and I have to say, Alo, you said on last week's show, I would like this. And you were right. Um just watching the vignette like leading up to the match i was like oh this is good this is like great like old school classic wrestling angle like i don't particularly care for dolph ziggler or mandy rose i don't really even know otis at all but this whole thing really worked for me i thought everyone was like cast perfectly in this thing uh i thought it was great i thought like the story was good I thought a lot of the uh, like kind of backstabbing intrigue behind the scenes stuff was good. I thought the match was a lot of fun. Um, and then the idea of like this hacker being out there or whatever, <laughs> I think is interesting. Like, who could it be? What are they going to do next? Uh, I really enjoyed this. I, like I said, I thought this was a great like classic old school wrestling type angle. So, Alo, I know you were like high on this coming into it. Did did it? deliver what you wanted it to at wrestlemania yes definitely uh i wish this was in front of the big crowd too because how can you not love otis like, yeah honestly. he's good I, like i i thoroughly enjoyed it the, the worm or the caterpillar as yeah, you the call caterpillar. it <laughs> how can you not like otis yeah I, I i enjoyed this match you know it wasn't meant to be something amazing or whatever but the story was actually there and otis ended up getting his girl he he didn't slide her enough tongue if you're asking me, <laughs> he, he got it. He got the job done. He got the girl. He did. Pat. Otis, Otis needed this WrestleMania moment. He deserved <laughs> it. He's the star of this whole empty arena. Even before the empty arena, like he was building up, and I love the you know the the one. If you could say a positive for this whole thing, it's that these guys who would never get a chance got a chance to you know have a singles match at wrestlemania and i'm damn happy for it because otis this was great like it's like you said the caterpillar his elbow drop you know you know i got a thing for a good Mm -hmm. elbow drop and he has a really good elbow drop yeah it was good It it was a fun match fun story you got that the like a moment that's gonna be like one of the takeaway moments of this year's wrestlemania with him and mandy kissing I even saw that like being tweeted out from like non-wrestling Twitter people, which is like you know it's big when it reaches outside of like that bubble. Um, yeah, I thought this was great. 
uh, and my last particular note, not even about the match, but Bianca Belair running out during the well after the Street Profits match, her kind of doing her thing in the ring, and then there's that shot of Montez sliding into the ring looking up at her. <laughs> which I don't know if either of you caught that specific moment, and I saw I like the gif of it yeah. quite a few times. I uh, thought it was just excellent. She then debuted on Raw uh, on Monday night. I believe that's where she is now, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I thought that was a cool moment for her. One one of my disappointments about WrestleMania was I said last week that she wasn't there. Well, she was. She got her time to shine a little bit, and now she's on the main roster. So I thought that was like a fun moment, and it was cool to see. Um, so anything else from WrestleMania that I didn't personally have notes on that you guys feel need to be like mentioned, discussed at all? No, I think you hit on everything, Bash. What about the uh, the two world title matches, which I went out of my way to not watch? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot we had those. This uh, is how good I am. Same, both the same match, both the same outcomes. Uh, I didn't hate it. I do think that they maybe the, the Lesnar-Drew match should have been different. Um, but to follow the Firefly Funhouse, it was impossible. So they made the right decision. Get it over with. Give Drew the title. Uh, I feel like on Raw, the the uh, aftermath was not done very well uh, for whatever reason that they did that. Uh, I kind of wanted just like that, like championship coronation, whatever. Um, but I could look past that. I'm not like, I'm not the biggest Drew McIntyre fan, but I do believe that he's like that guy who like the workhorse. He wants to do better. He he wants to make that thing important. And you know, the only other person who's been able to do that for a time was Seth Rollins, and his run got cut short. I kind of hope that they give Drew a lengthy run. You know, give him some shit heels that he could just beat every other month you know or whatever and let him run with this thing you know we've had lesnar for how many years now i think it's time that they finally just give somebody else a chance because you don't have to at this time you don't have to worry about drawing a house it's not about the house right (laughs) it's about the content on tv cuts a good promo he works really well and the one positive of this match was there was no yelling of the one, two, three. You know, I hate that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have to deal with it. And I'm so happy for that. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I agree. Like Prep said, both matches were the same. I, I'm happy Drew Galloway. I'm so calling him Galloway. I don't give a damn. Mm. I'm, I'm so happy Drew Galloway won the, the world title. I was a fan of him in 09 when he first came in as a chosen one. I thought that was actually a really good angle that they actually put together. And when you saw him, like you would think like Vince kind of made this guy himself. You know, he had the long hair. The he, he was like over six feet tall. Like like what is he six four six five? He has the whole. He has the entire look. You kind of think Vince would actually made made him. So I, I was actually really happy to see him actually win the title. Wish the match was better, but under the circumstances, I understand why it wasn't. But I'm just happy that we have a new world champion. Like Prep said, let's see who he ends up facing. He already knocked out the Big Show, so who's next? <laughs> oh, has anybody seen the Big Show show? No, not yet. No, but I no, mean, no. it has to be good. Oh, it's it's so bad it's good. I good. watched one episode this morning. 
It's so bad, but it's good. One second. Okay, did... I know... I don't know how active you guys have been on social media today. Did anybody see the clip of Drew talking to Heath on the bump? No. No. Oh, man. Pash, once again, it's going to tickle that little, you know, like, <laughs> emotionalness. Like, it's going to... If you remember what this was, you might be the too violin. old for this. But yeah, <laughs> it's going to do that all over your heartstrings because, man, like, Heath Slater, I've I've grown to love. Like, he was always so entertaining, but, like, the major wrestling figure podcast just <laughs> made him so, like, he's, he's like someone that I root for so much now because of that show. He's just so likable and... That moment that he had with Drew, you have to see it where, like, they just have, like, this, like, heart-to-heart. It was really quick, too. It was, like, 30 or 40 seconds. But, man, like, how could you not root for that guy? Yeah, like, so I'll break character and congratulate Drew McIntyre on winning winning the title. Like, obviously, the guy worked really hard to get back. Um got put in a position to be the one to dethrone Brock Lesnar, whether I agree or disagree, whether that was the guy to, to pass the Brock torch from like, I'm not going to take anything away from all the work that guy put in to get it. I don't think he's a guy that's going to like carry the company or bring them into any more mainstream relevance than they are now. But like, that doesn't mean the guy didn't deserve to, uh, to get an accolade, uh, to, to paraphrase our good buddy Eck. Um, I'm glad. Accolade act. Yeah, I'm glad. Accolade that... <laughs> act. Dude loves people's first title wins. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad <laughs> William Goldberg is not a champion anymore, and hopefully we don't have to see him ever again. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else. I, I don't think so. The one other thing I wanted to bring up, I forgot to mention this when we talked about the Firefly Funhouse match. I loved how much they leaned into the WrestleMania 30. Uh, story and one of the big themes of that was uh, Bray basically saying like that John Cena was like a fraud or a fake and like he wasn't the hero that everyone thinks he is and then he loses and John Cena derailed his career and he was starting to turn the tide of people away from John Cena and he never was able to do it but now like he kind of showed John Cena himself that he wasn't the hero that he was maybe a fake or a fraud. And I kind of like that aspect of it too, of like, okay, maybe I couldn't show everybody what you really are, but now I showed you what you really are. And I think that's like a cool angle. And I'm really curious to see if we get anything more out of this or if this is just the end of it. But, uh, so before we close out any final like thoughts, uh, analysis, anything that either one of you want to want to get out there. I, I'm happy that the event took place. You know, the the things that everybody says, you know, you think it's just like company speak and it might be like, it might be them just saying, yeah, we want to like take people out of whatever's going on and like put them in our world for, even if it's just a few hours. And yes, that's probably like company directive, but it's true, like, that moment, like, those hours, I didn't think about, you know, whatever's going on in the world and, and you know, a pandemic or whatever you want to call it. I just, 
like zoned in even with without the crowd i just like zoned into the wrestling and enjoyed it for what what is going on in the ring and on my screen and i'm thankful that wrestlemania happened just like i'm hopeful and you know hopefully i could be thankful when ufc 249 happens you know because those things do take me out of it and they do allow me to just free my mind for a second yeah alo any final thoughts from you oh nope all right so yeah the last thing i'll say then is prep kind of echo what you said the whole thing with like the fact that we're in a pandemic so one of the reasons why i have been as like beside myself as i am i have a a 95 year old grandmother who will be 96 in august who i'm obviously she doesn't look a day (laughs) over 60 dude (laughs) i'm obviously terrified at the idea of her catching this thing she's being very careful and staying inside and all of us have been good about not stepping foot in her house but like i'm worried about that i have one sister that has severe respiratory issues i have one sister that is immunocompromised so like there are people very close to me who would be in a lot of trouble if they caught this thing so like when i talk about it i'm not even just talking about it in the broad sense of oh like coronavirus people that are like all caught up in it there's actually people that i'm very scared for who are very close to me who i love very much that's why like i have been as wrapped up in it as i am and i do have to thank wwe despite all of the negative things i could say about them over the last two years three years five years ten years twenty years however long you want to go back um I am thankful that they put on this show over two nights. I am thankful that the show they put on for two nights was as entertaining as it was. And that, like, there are a handful of things on these two shows that were now, you know, 10 o'clock on Wednesday night that I'm still thinking about. And, like, oh, I really like that. I'd like to go back and watch that. So a a big thank you to them. Whether Whether they did it selfishly or not. It seems like they entertained all three of us. It seems like they entertained millions of other people, uh, took millions of other people's minds off what's going on in the world for a few hours over the weekend. And, uh, yeah, I, I have to take my hat off to, to a good weekend, for a great weekend for WWE. Um, so I hope that you guys uh, enjoyed WrestleMania as much as we did. I hope you enjoyed our show. Uh, please leave a five-star rating and review, and feel free to leave a one-star rating and review, but tell me who the hell you are if you're going <laughs> to yeah, do that. don't be scared, homie. <laughs> don't be scared, homie. Even if you are scared, which you should be, still tell us who you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I hope you enjoyed the show this week. I had a fun time recording the show with you two. Uh, if you like MMA... Uh, tune in to the Your Boy Elroy podcast every Friday. Uh, Prep, did you have anything you wanted to say? You see it on the screen. Yeah, get your Your Boy Elroy podcast merch. Where can they get that, Prep? Cop up teespring.com slash YBMMA, I think. Or just look up Your Boy Elroy MMA podcast on Teespring. Our merch is dirt cheap and <laughs> good quality, great quality. Um, and Alo, I got something for you. Oh, mine's <laughs> on the way. Did you buy the red shirt? Yes. Mm, <laughs> All right. So everybody on this panel right now has some piece of YBE apparel. Uh, and Alo, where could they get Matt Madness merch? Whatamaneuver.net. 
And one more thing before we sign mm-hmm. off, uh, we're going to do we're going to drop a little quarantine special on Friday. <laughs> uh, prep if you're available. Feel free to feel free to join. Is it the Eric figure well. episode? No, I'll do that with you guys separate. Actually, okay. <laughs> because that 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 saves me the hassle of finding somebody finding something to review. So Friday we're going to have the first ever WWE draft hmm. from March 25th, 2002. But next week's on the main, next week's show. We're gonna to look to our blood, <laughs> and the the raw after WrestleMania 14. The week after that, ECW barely legal, and the week after that on the 30th, Backlash 2004. All right, sounds like a good lineup. So again, hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, for Preptagon Junior, Josh Prepagina. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo. Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery Jr. And we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope by the land with his elbow. Got him now. Put him down right now. Hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band. Y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman. It's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man. Man, I hate my balls. Shut the Vince McMahon. It ain't shake the land. Off the cell. Fans love it. Ain't hard to tell. Talking madness. Awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man. Y'all off the smell.